ready to create and grow the impactful and profitable business you've been dreaming of? It's all possible. A bigger audience, more impact, and a new revenue stream. We'll show you how. I'm Jenny Barcelos. And I'm Sandy Connery. And this is the Soulful MBA Podcast. everyone, and welcome to episode 18 of the Soulful MBA podcast. Today's episode is all about sabotage. I'm Jenny Barcelos, and I'm joined with my co-host, Sandy Connery. Hey, Sandy. Hi, Jenny. Hi, everybody. And we're going to talk all about some of the self-sabotage that goes on in the entrepreneurial world and how we see it coming up over and over again with our community and with our clients and also with each other. So we've had a particularly rough go in the last six months in business. Just some mindset issues have have come hurtling down for us personally. And I think we're just more acutely aware of seeing this play out with our clients as well, just because we've experienced it ourselves. And so we're going to kind of sort through some of those issues as well as some of the solutions that we found that have helped us to overcome those mindset hurdles. So Sandy, you wanted to bring up the conversation by first talking about a famous book on this topic that I think a lot of folks are familiar with, and it's called, (laughs) (laughs) it's called The Great Leap. The Great Leap by Gay Hendricks. Yeah. So (laughs) I think that we have a lot of coaches in our community and people who do healing work who know of this book, maybe know the book better than we do, but we've both read it a couple of times and loved it. And so it's also come up recently in conversation in our Facebook group as well. So we just thought it would be a good idea to kind of talk through the major themes of this book as they relate to self-imposed limits that hold folks back from taking the next step in their business. Yeah. So Gay Hendricks describes all of us having like an internal thermostat and we will reach our, you know, our upper limit and we will hold ourselves back, even though all this is happening unconsciously. So he has uh, kind of laid out his personal story and how he reached his upper limits, how he broke through those and um, achieved a lot of his goals in a much happier life than he was living prior. And so I think it, it is worth a conversation to just identify that we have upper limits, that there is even such a thing. And then I also love his breakdown of, I think he has four different reasons or, or uh, of why we would have an upper limit, like the cause of these upper limits. And just reading through these four makes you really think about, oh yeah, that's that's me. And just acknowledging that that's what's happening is is you know, uh, in, in, in his mind, that's all you need to do is kind of acknowledge that that upper limit is there and then you can work through it. So there's no great complicated solution to this other than just, aha, that's what's happening. This is my upper limit. I need to breathe through this. And in his, and he also describes moving through it, getting your body moving and, and you can break through the limit and it may happen again, but at least you know of it and you're able to, to work through it. Yeah. And I just remember, I haven't read the book for quite a while, but I remember my biggest takeaway is that it's pretty lonely at the top and it's much easier to kind of fail than it is to succeed in a lot of ways. Like, like on some, in some emotional level, many of us believe that like, because the top is lonely, being successful is isolating in a lot of instances and messing up or failing or not quite achieving our goals is in in many ways more comfortable because we have camaraderie and company down there. And 
Um, and I, I remember really relating to that a lot when I read the book a few years ago and just feeling like, yeah, you know what? It's kind of scary to succeed and sort of achieve your goals because I, I think it, it just, it feels a little bit like it adds distance between, it can add distance between you and the people that you're close to for sure. That would be reason number two which oh, he calls uh, see? Dis- see? <laughs> disloyalty and abandonment. So the idea behind mm-hmm. that is if you succeed, you'd be all alone at the top and you're disloyal to those who are not succeeding mm-hmm. as much as you are. Um, you're leaving behind your people. He talks about like, you know, if you ca- came from a family that is not college or university educated and that you choose to, to do that, sometimes you'll choose to, to fail in that or drop out because you don't want to be the only one who's college educated. You would be disloyal to your, to your family or the history of your family, for example. So that's just what you, you described. I think yeah, and I remember feeling that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like you yeah, don't want to be totally the one, the one yeah. all alone. The first one is, and I think we see this in our clients a lot and in ourselves too. I don't think there's, you know, we're not immune to this by any means, but the, the first one he mentions is that you feel fundamentally flawed. Like there's just something wrong with me. I cannot do this. And I, I think that comes up, up a lot when people say, I can't figure this out or I, I'm not you know, good enough at this. I think you just believe that you are unable, that on a deep seated level, you are flawed. Yeah. Yeah. We see that a lot, I think, with respect to technology. In fact, we, we put out a call in our Facebook group last week. I just posted something because I just, I felt like we were getting so many emails and so many messages and seeing so many posts from people in our community and our, our own clients talking about, their frustration with or inability to get over some technical hurdles. And I mean, to be fair, it's hard to learn how to film yourself. Like as, as an online business owner that also like our clients are oftentimes filming, you know, physical movement practice, whether it's a yoga class or a fitness class or Pilates class or something. And that's really different than I think sitting in front of a webcam or, you know, yeah, sit, way sit, sitting, mm-hmm. sitting in a chair where you have a camera set up at you, like it's hard and videography and like video editing software is, is atrocious. Like it's just, I don't know. There's, I, I will just like make a very gendered comment here that like, no, I don't think women have anything to do with designing these tools. Like they're terrible. And so, you know, I don't know. That's all going to change. I'm sure as like software is getting more user, user responsive and user focused, but like right now using these kinds of tools is hard and uncomfortable and it doesn't make a lot of sense at first. And it's still, even after years of playing with like video cameras, it's still hard for me. So I totally relate, but I, but I think that we're as a culture, so used to like having this expectation that we can figure something out quickly. Like we can Google the answer to anything in two seconds. And, you know, there's just this sense if, if something takes more than five minutes to figure out or 10 minutes to figure out, then there must be something wrong with us. And I think that that to me is what we wanted to record this podcast about was, is just to share like, no, there's nothing wrong with you. It's just hard. Like, I think from like the coding classes I've taken, like coding is really hard for me and nothing takes five minutes ever. Like even like if we find a bug or something in our software, it can take like 12 hours to find a bug that takes one minute to fix, right? Like it's hard. And so part of it is about patience, but the other part is about like just acknowledging that 
something is hard. You are not the reason that it's hard. Like, and so don't automatically assume that there is something wrong with you and use that as an excuse to Mm self-sabotage. And also Gay Hendricks, I I believe this is his, like we often talk about like zones of like working in our zone of genius. And I believe this is, it originally came from, from Gay Hendricks. He talks about the different zones of being incompetence, competence, excellence, and genius. And so he thinks that most of us work in this sort of competence zone, and he encourages us all to reach into our excellence and genius zones, um, but often those upper limits will prevent us. But the people that deal with technology who aren't, you know, so-called good at it, that may very well be true, that that's just not your your zone of genius, right? Like, And so there's part of me that just wants to say like, then just hire it out, just get someone else to do it. Like if it's just not fun for you and it's hard and it's not your thing, then just, you know, there must be a neighborhood kid that can help you out or a friend or someone on, you know, the, the overseas or somewhere that, you know, it's not unreasonable pricing. Um, but anyway, that just, it's yeah, just, I, yeah, I think, you know, that's a good conversation to have. I think that it goes both ways. So and, and, you know, of course, we have worked really hard to design a technology platform that makes kind of running an online business as simple as possible. But it doesn't take away because our clients do a lot of videography. It doesn't take we can't like <laughs> take that that part away for them. So I think part of it, yeah, is trying to focus on what you already have genius in. But but the other part is just you know, I don't know, it's adulting for lack of a better word. It's just being able to handle simple things and and not having to rely on someone else to do it. And I know as a female, like as a woman, it's so easy for me. I also have like a very technically minded partner to go to him and say, just fix this. Like you see me do it all the time, Mm -hmm. Sandy. (laughs) Like Nate, just fix my camera. I don't want to, it's not right. And, um, And so I have to be really intentional about sort of being, like owning the fact that I'm an adult and I can look at an owner's manual or I can, I can actually like look at a device and figure it out and it might take me twice as long, but I can do it. And there's, there's like something empowering about owning that about ourselves too. And so like, I, I think that there is a fine line, like you don't want to be constantly doing tasks that are not in your zone of genius, right? Like you don't want that to take up a big part of your life, but at the same time, you still want to develop like competence to do small things because there's not always going to be another person right there. If something just takes a few minutes. It's, it's really convenient and helpful to be able to do it yourself. So I, I think for all of us, we have to find that balance in our work and part of working online and part of being kind of a modern business owner is understanding some amount of technology. And so I think, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right, Sandy, that you, we wouldn't want our clients to be spending hours like fiddling around with payment gateways or something, mm-hmm. right? Like we, that's why we right. developed our tool, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's handy to be able to kind of like know your way around Gmail, right? Like to know your way around like filters and Gmail, like there's certain simple things that, gosh, if you're willing to take a few minutes and invest the time in learning, we'll make your life a lot easier. Yeah. I just don't want to see people spending, you know, a week trying to figure out a WordPress plugin for something oh, that, yes. that is absolutely just like those not. things, like just move yes, on, move absolutely on. Not. Yeah, I see them getting um, really stuck and, and not taking the next step or, you know, working on what they're, they're teaching, which is what they're supposed to do. So yeah, I think we do talk a lot about being 
proficient and doing hard things and figuring it out yourself. But I think there's a limit that it doesn't make sense to do that. You know, so that that's all. But I think that the bigger the bigger message is don't feel like you are flawed. You are not. Yeah, you are not flawed. Not at all. Right. Like, no, none of this is intuitive. Like learning how to use a like an electronic tool or a software tool is not intuitive. Like humans made that and they're not you. Right. Different people made that than you. So it's not you're intuitively not going to know how to use something like that's why there are help sites, help docs. And that's why, you know, there, there is a support chat pop up, like (laughs) use those things. That's part of it. And, and again, just recognize that everyone runs into these hurdles and don't sabotage yourself because you, you're allowing the hardness of it to make you internalize like Mm -hmm. some sort of incompetence or something. Yeah. Okay. Number three, we're kind of going in a weird order, but Number one was feeling fundamentally flawed. Two is disloyalty and abandonment. Number three is believing that more success uh, brings bigger burden, which is interesting. So if you fear that all these new customers or all these, you know, bigger products with more videos that I want to plan are going to bring more problems, you, that's your upper limit. You are not going to grow. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I think we've, that's we felt this way ourselves, yeah. huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I I don't know how often our clients fear that. I know that we have just in this in this last week, I've seen a comment about aversion or like fear around judgment and like aversion to the idea of sharing their product that they've made. And so I think that maybe that fits into that, like this fear of success. There. Maybe that's shame or maybe that's, you know, just afraid of what will happen if I go and share this. And what if this gets picked up by, you know, a big blogger? What happens? Like what happens if I like maybe I don't get to spend as much time with my family on the weekend because I'm going to be getting a bunch of emails from people who are interested in my product. Right. Like there, of course, I, I think you have to peel back the layers and try to understand where the where that fear is coming from. Yeah. And I think, again, I love how. um simple gay Hendrix messages around this, like just acknowledge that just, just, and and it it will kind of not dissolve, but it will, you know, the pathway will become clear when you realize what you're doing to yourself. And yeah, I don't know. I think that's, that's interesting. I think I, I suffer from that one a little bit, especially with the software, right? Because like (laughs) the more customers that we bring on, the more support there is. Yeah, that's (laughs) true. But anyway, there's solutions, right? There's definitely solutions to that. This podcast is brought to you by the Namastream software platform. Namastream is a tool designed to help you teach, train, and coach from anywhere on the planet. If you're a wellness professional looking to take your business to the next level, you can learn more at namastream.com. Okay, number four is the crime of outshining. And so his example here is like if you have a sibling as a child, if you're the younger sibling in particular, that you were told like don't be better or don't do better than the older the older sibling. So um, a lot of these he does uh, reference that this you, you pick up these ideas in childhood. So I can't be better than Jenny. I'm going to hold back because I don't want to be better than Jenny. <laughs> <sighs> Oh man, I remember in school that 
some alumni wrote into my university complaining that I was mentioned too much in the school's magazine or something. And I think that that like, that's the kind of stuff you start to, you start to pick up on those little things. Don't be too good, Jenny, because people complain about you. People don't like you. People are complaining about you because you're being talked about too much. And so you're like, oh gosh, I better be quiet. I better be quiet. I better like not go accept this speaking gig or not Mm -hmm. not go to this event because I don't want to feel like I'm parading myself around, you know, when you start like little by little, mm-hmm. yeah, you start to feel, to feel that way for sure. Or, or it's seen as like bragging, like don't talk about yeah. what your work is to everybody. Like don't be so full of yourself, but you're just actually, you know, networking and letting your inner circle know what's going on. But you know, you, you, you can hold back. It's like, be quiet, be small. Yeah. Yeah. That's a hard one for me. I definitely have some of that. I think like, I I'm imagine, holding on to it. <laughs> <laughs> I think all of us have a little bit of each of those, you know, and I, I'd be, he says, yeah. I believe he says that we have at least one, if not multiples, and one is usually stronger than the other. So do you want to go through the, the rest of the comments in the Facebook group of why, how people were holding back? Yeah. So I just, have, I just have a few notes jotted down, like one or two words about about each comment that I just noticed in like one thread on a post, right? So I we have clients or community members that are holding themselves back with respect to technology. Um, some are saying that life is getting in the way of them starting their business or taking their business to the next level. Some are expressing concerns about body image on camera. Some are expressing concerns about their relative value compared to others. And they're, they're just uncertain or fearful that they're not as valuable as some other people online. Some are concerned about their own capabilities. So fear of sharing, holding themselves back from sharing. Some are afraid of judgment. Some, a one person expressed an aversion to stress. So it's, he had said, I think, I think it's a man that said this one, I'm not afraid of technology and all that's involved in building my business, but I'm afraid of the stress that will come along with it. And yeah, I mean, so that's just a handful. Like this is just a handful yeah, those, of comments on one post. That's you know, all I, upper I put, limits. Those are is, all upper limits. And, yeah, that's right. And I think, you know, I, Sandy, you and I were having kind of a hard week, just <laughs> both of us. And what are you talking about? <laughs> it happens. <laughs> and um, we just, we had a kind of a, 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 technical snafu that led to a series of other problems and then kind of it kind of spiraled downwards for us from there for a few days and I just I noticed how much I wanted to feel sorry for myself and then I saw that you were having a hard time and I like had to hold myself up so that I could like bolster you and then I noticed like the next day the reverse happened and I couldn't keep I couldn't hold it together and then like you were the strong one and we were just sort of doing this back and forth volleying for a couple of days and then I just you know I just wanted to share that with our community to say like hey you know like this is part of it and who else is feeling this? Like who else is who else is struggling with mindset? Because it's often an excuse for holding ourselves back, keeping ourselves small, or not putting our best work out there. Because we, you know, we start to take off, we start to get momentum, and then something happens, and it's like it's really hard not to crumble into a ball on the floor. And you know, and not it, I don't know. And if you don't have another person there to pick you up, or or some sort of accountability to a community or a mastermind group or something. To, to like pick you back up, 
then it's really easy to internalize whatever thing just happened and make it about you and use it as an excuse to sabotage your business. And so we just, I think, wanted to to see. And it was amazing how many people commented on that thread and just were really honest with expressing what was going on for them internally. And I and I also just think like, even though these are all like slightly different, well, we had a few people talk about technology, <laughs> but but like overall they're different. But they're, like you said, Sandy, they're all the same issue deep down. They're all really just upper limit problems. Yeah. And, and I think every single person that is successful or is perceived as successful online will tell you that they, they felt every single one of those issues, maybe not every single one, but many of them or different ones. They all, everybody has upper limit problems. And you reminded me, Jenny, in the book, they talk about, he talks about like, you know, celebrities that end up being, you know, in horrible situations with, with, you know, addicted to drugs or alcohol or kind of crumble in, in the face of fame because they don't believe they deserve that kind of success. They don't know what they did. And it again, it's upper limit. They won't allow it into their lives. And so they fail. So yeah, I think, I think your, your point of accountability is a really important one. Like, I don't know how anybody does this without someone to bounce things off of, pick them up for, you know, moral support, encouragement, new ideas. It, it's hard. And not saying we all need business partners. We discussed this in the, I think, collaboration episode. But, you know, having a group of people who are doing similar work, entrepreneurial work as you, it doesn't have to be in the same field, but just somebody to to help you when things start to crumble or when you start to falter or when you start to have that negative self-talk, someone mm-hmm. to just help you out. Yeah. And I think some people have coaches for that. Like we have a lot of coaches in our community who help people with that. And we don't really have a coach like that. We, but we have each other and, you know, and other people are in just like they, they play a big role in a community like a Facebook group or some other kind of online community. And I, and I think it's just, you need to have it like you, because it's so easy when you're putting yourself out there, whether it's online or not, like you're putting yourself out there as an entrepreneur, as somebody starting a business, like it's just, gosh, I know I say this all the time, but it's really hard. It it really is. And again, I wouldn't want anything else. I, I love, I love it as much as it's hard. I love it anyway. But I think you have to acknowledge the fact that you're like, you're just going to get rejected or things are going to break. Like this, that stuff is going to happen. That's part of life. Like the more you put yourself out there, the more times you're going to have something go wrong. And, and if you are not, um, and I, I think it's unfair to expect of yourself that you're going to solely be able to always pick yourself up whenever any of those things happen or go wrong, or that you're going to rely on like your spouse or your partner or your sister or your best friend or whatever, because oftentimes those other people are not really going to understand or relate to you. Like it's, it's actually very deflating and just doesn't help at all. If you call to talk to somebody who, who doesn't understand what you're doing, cause you're like, Oh man, my, you know, like I just got blocked out of my email marketing service or whatever. Like <laughs> they're like, what are you talking about? Like, who cares, right? Like, or what, explain that to me. Like, they're just not going to understand what you're talking about. So, or like, oh, my webinar, like the show up rate was 6% lower than it was last time or whatever it is, you know, like you, 
We don't know. Like they're not going to understand you or relate to you. So you want to be able to have people who you can talk to who are like, yeah, oh man, that's, that's rough, but I'm right here with you. It's, it's like that empathy. Like you Mm -hmm. kind of want to surround yourself with people that can relate to you so they can be more empathetic. Even if you don't actually speak to them, sometimes uh, we are in a couple different communities, you and I, and even just reading the posts of someone else's troubles or, you know, I don't even say anything, but I'm like, okay, they're going through it too. Like when you think you're the only one, that is the darkest place to be because that's when you start really seeing yourself as flawed. But just knowing that other people are going through the same thing is incredibly, for me, it's incredibly uplifting. Not that I want someone to go through terrible times, but you know, it's a reminder that we're all in the same, the same boat. I think we should move into our joy and hustle because we're kind of overlapping. Yeah, sure. Okay. So why don't we start with the joy? Yeah. So the joy is the book, the great the Big Leap, sorry, not The Great Leap, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. I did it. I have it on audio and um, he does read it. And I, I think this is a book that we honestly need to to listen. It's very short. It is not a, yeah, it's, it's not, short. I don't I remember, remember how many hours it is, but it's very short. But it is something we absolutely have to re- go back to at least twice a year, I'm going to say, because we forget. You slide out of it and just always having your upper limit or the concept of a reminder of that you are always facing some upper limit problem. Knowing that throughout the year is incredibly valuable. I think I was actually really glad it was one of our um, VIP members that mentioned the book and I had kind of forgotten about it, sadly enough. And she's like, if you haven't read this, you've got to. And uh, it was, it was just what we needed right now. I think Jenny. Yeah. I mean, and I just want to reiterate too, that we have this, we have this problem (laughs) that like Sandy and I, like, in fact, 100% (laughs) suffer from this constantly. And I think that's just awareness of it. And like the whole breathe, move, love strategy that Gay Hendricks talks about, like just acknowledge it and then, you know, figure out what to do from there, I think is, is, what you have to do and just be constantly aware of it. Like, I I kind of think like if you don't have any, if you like seem to not have any upper limit problem, then I don't know. I feel like that's like its own brand of psychosis. (laughs) Like those are the people that are overly confident to the point of like being insane, right? Like you have, everybody has this, like, let's just, and it's not just business. It could be to be this way. (laughs) You could be super successful in business, but you have an upper limit problem with relationships. You've never been in a long-term relationship, for example, right? It will show up in different parts of your life. I don't mean to say that it's only business upper limit problems. Yeah, it's definitely not. (laughs) Yeah, I I think, yeah, I think that's it. And then let's get into the hustle. So the hustle, we don't have a very, very super specific tool for the hustle, but just we want you to be able to find what you need to keep yourself aware of these issues and accountable to moving forward, regardless of the ways that you typically would hold yourself back. So there are a lot of little journals that different people like different journals. And so we are just going to talk through some of the ones that we've used and tried. And I don't think it has to be a journal, but I think a, a journal is like a really inexpensive, simple tool that maybe can help you with this. And if you don't have a great journal that you love and that you're sort of using to document like your goals and your milestones and your progress and your fears and your gratitude, then, you know, then it's worth a try because I think that those, those can be very, very useful, small, easy step tools for a lot of people. So the first one, we were just going to talk about the ones that we use Sandy, right? So I use 
something called Kit Life Planner. And I think Kit Life was started by some yoga teachers actually that turned into becoming like planner making tycoons. And if these ladies are ever listening, I just want to tell you, I love your gold leaf planner anyway. But so the Kit Life Planner is just like like a lot of different planners out there. It has a place for you to kind of map out your month and your week, but also each day has its own page and you write down your three biggest goals for the day. Um, There's a place to sort of track your wellness for the day and also a place to write down your gratitude. So for me, it's just nice because I wouldn't remember to write down what I'm grateful for every day if I didn't have a little box for it in my planner. And like if I'm in between calls or meetings or something I have it sitting there and there's a little empty box, I'm going to write down something I'm grateful for. It also helps me track fitness and water intake and, you know, all that good stuff that we're all trying to do, but also like the big three things to accomplish for the day. Um, And another, another tool that I am intrigued by, but haven't done or used yet is the bullet journal. And that's actually like, I guess you can buy one, but really it's like a whole online cult of people that make their own journal. Bujo, and there are a lot of videos, and we'll post a link to some of that stuff. Hmm. I like the Passion Planner, and I've used it for a number of years, and I like it because it lays out the whole week in 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 the two pages, and it also has a little place for gratitude and and. But I don't honestly, I don't really use that. I use my personal journal for that. Uh, I keep this kind of strictly to business, um, and there's lots of em- empty space in the bottom for me to write like webinar to do's or whatever, like break it up into kind of different buckets of what I need to focus on. Um, the other one I wanted to mention was created by our friends, Catherine and Alan, who did the, who do, whose company is best self co. And they've got a beautiful little product. Um, I haven't, I have it, but I haven't actually used it yet, but they really focus on getting you to set a goal and achieve it. So it's actually a three month book and they've got you know, breaking it up into tasks and they, you know, deal with, you know, fitness and spirituality and relationships and they kind of sort of all life um, purpose. It's kind of neat. So yeah, we might, you might, we'll put the link into, to Catherine's product as well. Yeah. And they have a great email newsletter that I sent out. They sent out, I think it's on Mondays, Mondays. motivation, motivation Mondays, Mm -hmm. which is great. So for those of you looking for a little bit of extra motivation, but I, I think that the point is you don't have to buy anything. It's, it's just, but there are these little inexpensive tools. And if those kind of go with your personality, if that jives with your personality, it can be a really simple way to incorporate more awareness into your life around how you're possibly internalizing things related to your business. And I think, again, the other like non-purchasable tool is to have an accountability partner or a mastermind or some sort of community that you can go to where you can feel safe uh, sharing sort of realizations that you're having about your mindset as it relates to your business. Because sometimes all it takes is just putting it out there and having even one other person, you know, give you feedback and reflect back to you that, oh, I see you're having this. You know, this is not who you are. This does not encompass what's possible for you. And yeah, I mean, really just acknowledge that self-sabotage is part of the game and the sooner you can develop skills and tactics for managing that and sort of uh, transforming that into something positive, like the better off you'll be and the faster your business will grow. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's so it. That, that's it. That's our episode on sabotage and we will see you next week. Thanks everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.
Soulful MBA is not just the name of our podcast. It's also the name of our premium business course and community. If you are a wellness entrepreneur who dreams of growing your business online, but you're not clear on your next steps and you wish you had someone to guide you, then we've got something for you. Get Soulful MBA's first syllabus and three free video lessons by heading over to soulful.mba sample.